it's moist out there, but it's almost warm enough that if you are really into the game of golf, you might want to hit the links. Okay, maybe I'm just getting excited because I read this story about golf introducing new rules for 2019. As of January 1st, listen up, golfers. If you're going to play a, a round of golf, the rules have changed. The U.S. Golf Association and the Royal Agents uh, Ancient Club of St. Andrews in Scotland, ach, with input from the professional bodies, including the PGA Tour, um, have switched the rules up. And the main reason is to speed up the game. Oh, thank God. Speeding up the game of golf. Anybody who has been behind slow players or is a slow player knows that, you know, if you're just a novice or you're just out there uh, hitting the links, this game could use with some uh, speeding up. So New Year's will usher in dozens of new rules, the biggest revamp for golf regulations in decades. And so it's mainly for the recreational level, but just to break it down, because I I golf, but I, I don't golf a lot. So I know a few of the rules, but Adam Helmer is Director of Rules and Competitions at Golf Canada. So we've got him on the line. Welcome to the show, Adam. Good to have you along. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Appreciate this opportunity to talk about uh, big changes to the rules coming for 2019. All right, well, let's run them down. What are the biggest changes to the rules, in your opinion? I think when we're talking about the average player looking at 2019, um, you know, the process began in 2012, and, and it's the biggest change in over 60 years for the rules of golf. So I think for the average player, and when you're out on the course this year, you were touching on, on pace of play. That was a big initiative. Um, driving some of these changes and just the sheer fact that a lot of golfers don't even know the rules of golf and it's a self-governing game and there's not you know a lot of referees when you're out there playing so I think for 2019 some of the important things you need to know um, there's a relaxed rules in the bunker so you can remove loose impediments in the bunker you could put your clubs in the bunker there's still a few restrictions about practice swings and touching the sand in front or behind your ball there's relaxed rules in penalty areas, formerly water hazards, so you can ground your club in, in penalty areas. You can remove loose impediments. Um, a couple great changes that are no longer penalties. If you move your ball during search, if you accidentally hit yourself or your equipment after a stroke, if you accidentally move your ball in a putting green. So I think for the average golfer, a lot of these changes are going to be um, very well received. Is the toe wedge now allowable? Because I know some people that like to employ that during the game. Only if you're marking your ball. But I could also tell you that if you double hit your ball, there's going to be no penalty as well. Okay. So now one of the things that stuck out for me was this two-stroke penalty uh, if you're uh, for relief from a bunker, they say. Does that mean, let's break it down into layman's terms, does that mean if I find myself in a sand trap and I say, I don't want to take a chance at swinging to get out of this, I'll just take two strokes off and get me to the side of the the, uh, bunker, the sand trap, that I'm free to do that? Exactly. You, you're well read on the new rules already, and thanks for bringing that one up. A lot of people, a barrier is getting out of bunkers, which is a challenge of the game. And previously, you'd have to go back to where you last played. But to your point, if you want to get out of a bunker, it'll cost you a total of two strokes. You can go back on the line, keeping the point where your ball is at rest in line with the flag stick, and come out of the bunker for two strokes. So I think... Again, that's that's going to be a welcome change that we're going to see for, for 2019 and 18 days when the new rules come into effect. This is interesting, the flag stick. You brought it up. You used to have to take that flag stick out of the hole before you played a shot from the green. And now that's actually not something that's mandatory. Is that that's correct? Cor- 
that's correct. We're kind of reverting back to what was previously um, in place before 1952. That was that was changed back then, and now you could leave it in anywhere on the course, and there'll be no penalty. Um, there's lots of talk. Bryson DeChambeau on the PGA Tour has kind of sparked some debate on when he's going to leave the flagstick in, depending if it's a U.S. Open. If the flagsticks are a bit thicker, he's going to take it out. If it's a fiberglass flagstick, he's going to take it out. So, um, Why you know, is I, that? Because you don't want it, your ball hitting the flagstick and like where it could have popped into the uh, the hole, it, it actually inadvertently goes the opposite direction? Yeah, fiberglass, I guess, is there's going to be a bit, a bit more bounce to it and it'll kind of help promote it to stay in. But I think for the recreational golfer, you know, myself included, uh, I don't get to play as much as I, I'd like to, but on those long putts, it just takes a lot of time to walk to the hole, pull it out, and then put it back in for, you know, someone else that might be off the green they have to play. So I think for 99% of us, we're, we're not holding every putt that we make from the putting green. The out-of-bounds uh, rules have changed, right? And that's where you were talking about the two club lengths. Can you tell us how they've changed in, in a way that most people would understand? Uh, they've changed a little bit. There was definitely um, some pressure from uh, from all stakeholders in the industry um, where we wanted to come up with a solution for an alternative to stroke and distance. You know, we're not naive to think that on the weekends and when it's busy, golfers aren't going back to the tee. So um, a committee or, or a course has to adopt the local rule first of it, for this to be in place. It's not by default in the rules. Um, so if it is adopted, then then golfers can can find the spot where their ball went out of bounds or where they lost it, estimate where they lost it, go to the nearest edge of the closest fairway, and drop within two club lengths of that fairway for a total of two strokes. I, I love this. Do you know why I love this, yeah. Adam? Because my husband is a torturous to play with. He will go out of bounds and look for that ball forever. And I'm like, honey, just drop. No, I'm going to find that ball. Just tell him to drop there and add two and keep going. Yeah, I love that. Also, when you make a drop, players should drop the ball from not shoulder height, but actually knee height. Why? That's it. Our natural instinct is going to be shoulder height, which was the previous rule. And and now, like you said, knee height. We're going to get rid of some of the complications around when you have to redrop a ball. Your, your relief areas are going to be either one club length for free relief or two club lengths under penalty, and your ball dropped from knee height must stay within the relief areas. So, you know, I think that's going to streamline and, and again, help with pace of play. Golf originated, I don't know how far back, but in Scotland, and it was the gentleman's sport. But now times have changed, right? Uh, technology has uh, advanced in some interesting ways. And in fact, these new rules state that you're going to be able to use technology, like distance measuring devices such as laser rangefinders and GPS. How's that going to change the game? It is. So now the, the default committees used to be able to implement that, but by default, you're going to be able to use distance measuring devices still for distance only, so you can't um, gauge slope and elevation or wind direction or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, technology uh, advances were a big part of the changes to the rules, um, and they're going to be a big part of growing the game and participation, especially for Golf Canada. We want to keep growing the numbers and not create any of those barriers for players. So we want to make it fun and enjoyable. Um, use technology to your advantage. It's it's a game for health. It's a game for life. And, you know, the rules shouldn't uh, prohibit people from playing this great game. Okay, this is the uh, most interesting rule change to me. 
There's a new rule, and I'm sure some hotheads out there are going to be steamed about this. It will no longer allow players to replace a club during a round. So if you break a club, perhaps, if you uh, crack your driver, if it's caved in, you can't use it anymore, and you can't replace it during that round. Hopefully this doesn't happen at a major event uh, early in the year, but yes, you are correct. I think there was a lot of conversations about the maximum number of clubs, and arbitrarily 14 has kind of always been the number, and um, there was no reason to change that, but looking at clubs um, based on pace of play and, and at the highest level, a lot of players were carrying different parts to put clubs together, so I think um, we got rid of kind of damage in the normal course of play versus damage um, in anger or frustration. So now if your club's damaged, you can either still use it or repair it. Mm-hmm. But to your point, you can't replace it. So let, let's hope this doesn't happen in the final round of a major and, and the rules kind of get exposed that way. But it, it'll be an interesting change. Along with another one that's got uh, a lot of attention is that um, the rules kind of looked at principles and the skill of the game, and, and the governing bodies felt that caddies and lining. Oh, I just lost you there. Wasn't a, wasn't I lost you at caddies. The the, oh, at caddies. So if caddies for the new rules, if it's going to prohibit you from having a caddy line you up to prepare for a stroke. So we see that a lot on the PGA and LPGA Tour where a caddy would line you up. That's going to be now prohibited just as you're starting to take your stroke. All right. And we're going to get back to the skill and challenge of the game to, to line yourself up for a shot. Okay, so if let's just say, uh, you know, there's some golfers that have interesting swings. Let's say your driver somehow ends up in a tree. Funnily enough, you weren't doing your tee shot when it ended up in a tree. But if it's <laughs> up in a tree, uh, are you then forced to use your three wood for a drive? You would be, yes. Well, so that would never happen to on. me. I don't I just hold made up a club. scenario. I'm sure, it, I'm sure it was raining and it must have slipped. Sure. <laughs> That's it. Adam, uh, what do you think is the most significant change out of all these new rules? Yeah, I think for the for the average golfer, I think it comes back to the relaxed rules and the bunkers and penalty areas and um, having no penalty when it's an accidental movement of the ball where a player hasn't gained uh, an advantage by the outcome of a ball hitting something or uh, moving from some cause. Well, I think I know what people are going to get for Christmas. Some people are going to be getting those uh, GPS and, uh, you know, laser uh, equipment for their golf carts because it's so hard to buy for people. <laughs> It's true. Uh, Adam, listen, thank you so much for walking us through these new rules. It's a pleasure meeting you, and thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Kelly. And if anyone wants to find out more, uh, golfcanada.ca, and you could uh, follow and check out our, our rules page. Absolutely. Thank you so much, and hopefully we'll talk to you again, Adam. All right. Take care. Cheers. Adam is the Director of Rules and Competitions at Golf Canada.